picture the scene. A humid summer night, dim yellow bulbs flickering around old San Juan, lighting up the oldest cathedral in the new world. In the background, you hear a beat, that undeniable reggaeton beat you can recognize from a mile away. As it gets louder and more intense, people of all shades and identities swarm the square and start moving their bodies provocatively, with urgency, and in protest of Ricardo Rosselló, the now-ousted governor of Puerto Rico. That was the summer of 2018, when Perreo Combativo was born. With it came the reminder that the music we get down to is more than just music. Music is how we cope. Latinos have to cope with hardships like leaving our home countries, losing people we love to healthcare inequities, or standing up to governments that work for the few and not for us. We're in the last quarter of an exhausting year, where we've dealt with all of that and more. It's almost too much to bear. And when words alone fail to capture the depth of a moment in time, there's always music. In this episode of the Pulsa Pod, we're taking you on a journey through hardship, protest, and resilience, and the music that carries us through. Latin music through, through the ages has been around since the beginning of the 20th century. It's, it's been in waves, right? Like the Latin fever and the, the interest of the general market in Latin music. We've always been part of pop culture. But I would say in the past 10 years, it's been remarkable how Latin music has moved from being uh, a genre or, or a niche to being a mainstream. During times like, you know, in the 70s in New York City, where there was economic hardship, uh, hip-hop was born out of that, and Latinos were part of, of that movement, along with African-Americans. Throughout this episode, we'll be joined by Nuria Net, renowned music journalist and founder of her own podcast company, La Coctelera Music. You may also hear her baby daughter, who also joined us for this conversation. As Nuria mentioned, Latino music is mainstream now. But what is it about our sounds that have captured the world? Latin artists, uh, there's so much diversity, and especially Latinx artists, right? So Latinos born and raised in the U.S. or second generation uh, are expressing themselves creatively, you know, in Spanish and English and Spanglish. That authenticity. Yes, authenticity. One of my favorite words. Our music, by telling it like it is and letting raw emotion come out, gives us the permission to feel and heal, especially in times of hardship. One of those moments of hardship happened 21 years ago. In December of 1999, a natural disaster occurred in Venezuela, where my family's from. Torrential rains caused flash floods that killed tens of thousands of people, destroyed homes, and led to the complete collapse of the state of Vargas. Franco De Vita, one of the most beloved singers in the country, put the right words and the right tune to the pain. In that excerpt, 
he's singing to the rain and all the damage it caused. The flood of 1999, paired with the changing political tide in Venezuela, is what sparked the first real wave of migration of Venezuelans to the U.S. in that country's history. Migration, whether because of economic, political, or natural causes, is intertwined with our Latinidad. Many of us are the first generation to be born in the U.S. or moved here as kids or teens. Many of you listening may have families who have been here since before the founding of this country, but are still made to feel like you're immigrants on your own land. Of the 60 million Latinos in the U.S. right now, 35% are immigrants. In this next song, Colombian singer Juanes and iconic Norteño band Los Tigres del Norte make a perfect duet. They joined their unique musical styles to sing about their shared experience, the immigrant experience. The song starts with the story of a couple you'd find in any one of our families who came to the United States with their small children. After 10 years of being here, they're still undocumented and unable to return to Mexico. So many of us can relate to that pain. El dolor de no poder regresar. If there's one thing about us I know to be true, it's that we don't sit around in our pain for too long. We transform our hardships into action. From organizing against the exploitative labor conditions in the Western United States to standing up to equal rights in U.S. territories, Nuestra Gente always speaks truth to power with our voices, our actions, and our music. If it's true what the government's saying, that these uh, ashes aren't toxic, then why are you depositing them in poor black communities in, Puerto, in the south of Puerto Rico instead of depositing them near the governor's mansion? I think it was like two in the morning. The, the activists over there at the camp were being beaten down by police officers. And we felt very helpless and we were trying to think of what to do. So we got in a, in a car, as many of us as we, as we fit, and we went over there, we sang the song and it was, it was very powerful. We couldn't think of more perfect guests to invite to the Pulso Pod to talk about the power of music as protest than Plena Combativa a women's ensemble from Puerto Rico that composes, writes, and sings plena music that stands up to injustice on the island. What our job is, is to document our activism and the activism that goes on around us through our music. And I, I sought out those that I thought were the most talented and uh, that also were activists, feminist activists. That, you know, that They didn't only play the drums, but they lived what we were talking about in our songs. It's revolutionary that we're, we're all women playing eh, plena. You know, we compose our own songs, we play them, we sing them. 
everything. We've tried to, you know, cover a variety of social justice uh, protests. If it's for accessible and safe abortion, if it's because of gender violence, you know, we want to take down the patriarchy, but we also want to take down racism and capitalism and colonialism and the binary. And that's the, the perspective that we that we take on when we compose and, and with the other types of, of work that we do. Cuanto más, cuanto más, cuanto más vamos a aguantar. Cuanto más, cuanto más, cuanto más vamos a aguantar. Cuanto más. We've been present in big, massive protests, but we've also been present in like specific um, situations. I can recall a song we wrote, which is called Cuanto Más. How much more are we going to tolerate about racism in Puerto Rico? And the song was written because we were at a protest outside of the courtroom where a young black girl from an elementary school was being tried in trial because of a bullying case that was not resolved correctly. She was being bullied for being black and she was also a special ed student. And instead of resolving that conflict in the school, she was taken to court. We went there with this song to share it. Plena in Puerto Rico, if you play it, people are going to start dancing around you and then they'll listen to what you're saying. Like, it's something that we have in our system. Um, so that's why it's such a great vehicle for us to communicate, because it's already wired in us. This is healing music. It's accessible music because uh, the vibration of the drums is something that connects us with, with our history, with our heritage. And it also, it, it's, it's loud. I mean, we make ourselves be heard. For our last theme, we're talking resilience. Resilience is the ability to recover quickly from difficult times. And yes, we have Latin music to help us do that too. So many moments uh, in our history, in our musical history, that I think we should celebrate more. Because if we think about it, it's like, wow, they were ahead of their time. If you think about it, Fania in the 70s in New York City, you know, wow. So, and just by existing, like you're saying, just by singing in Spanish, talking about the struggles of immigrant communities, um, and Celia within Fania, you know, as the only woman, only black woman, so powerful. Nuria is right. We can't talk about resilience without talking about Celia Cruz. One of the most popular Latin artists of the 20th century, she was the epitome of joy even as she carried the burden of being exiled from her home. Her music was loud and proud about Cuba, about her Afro-Caribbean identity, about making a statement with her signature azúcar, and about how life is meant to be lived like an eternal carnaval, where you sing your pain away and celebrate. 
Another song that comes to mind when I think of resilience is Color Esperanza, sung by Diego Torres. This is a resilience anthem of all anthems. The song talks about how creating change is within you, and the most important line, pintarse la cara color esperanza, means to color yourself hopeful, because hope is the last thing we lose. This song came to life during an emblematic year. It was September of 2001, and Argentina, where Diego Torres is from, was facing a tough economic time. Here in the United States, we were mourning as a country after the horrible terrorist attacks on the Twin Towers in New York. The timing was aligned, so this song traveled quickly over to our side of the American continent. I remember I was in seventh grade in South Florida that year, and every time I'd get into the car and turn on the radio, there it was. The song always brought a smile to my face every time I listened to it, and it still uplifts me anytime I hear it today. Before wrapping up, we had one final question for Nuria. Are there any songs for you that, that are soundtracks for your life or your moments <laughs> that you're like, oh, this song just hits me every time? <laughs> well, after Hurricane Maria, you know, Estamos Bien by Bad Bunny, it became also like an anthem. And for us in the diaspora, we're far away um, you know, it was uh, also a way of saying everything's going to be okay. It just became like the song that captured the moment. San Benito dedicated Estamos Bien to Hurricane Maria victims. With this song, he was telling Boricuas everywhere that they're all right. Even after a devastating storm that ravaged the island, they were going to be all right. With his colloquial lyrics and gender-bending style, he's become a Latino icon. Bad Bunny's videos have billions of views and his music spans every corner of the globe. From trap to reggaeton to salsa, from pop to norteñas, across genres and nationalities, Latino music helps us cope. In English, Spanish, or Spanglish, our music is what gets us through. The tempos of our songs, the passion of our artists, and the realness of our lyrics makes Latin music a universal language that lifts our spirits, speaks our truth, and carries us into the next day. You can subscribe to the Pulso Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews help us get our message to Latinos around the country. The Pulso Podcast is produced and edited by Charlie Garcia. Lisanne Ramos is our researcher. Original music by Julian Blackmore. Our cover art was designed by Jonathan Torres. And I'm your host, Liz Alarcón. The voices you hear in our intro, that's the Pulso team. Thanks for listening.
Hey, Pulso fam. I want to tell you all about Atlas Lingue, a Studio 80 podcast about language, culture, and communication. Have you ever wondered what your cat is trying to tell you? Or how Disney Pixar writers craft stories that resonate across numerous languages? Atlas Lingue host Luis Lopez explores these topics and so much more. It's a show about the confusing, wonderful, and weird world of language, and this season, they're diving deep into the language of culture online. They're interviewing content creators from different countries who document their daily lives and cultural backgrounds on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. New episodes air every other Monday wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also watch all the interviews on their YouTube channel at 80 Podcasts.